Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I thought I'd be more excited for a whole weekend of Ollie time by himself because my lady partner's off to Paris. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually a bit sad. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. miss her. Oh, of course you are. And to make it worse, I'm going for a romantic weekend away with my wife. What the hell, man? I know. What are you going to do in Hastings? Get the whip out. <laughs> We're going to um, what was originally, I think it was called the Wine Shed previously, but they do like a, uh, a little vegan platter that you can have with a glass of wine. So we're going to have that tonight when we get into uh, St. Leonard Square. Mm. And then tomorrow I go for some walks along the beach. We're going to go and have some fish and chips, obviously just the chips. Um, and some friends of ours are going to come and meet us there. We're going to go to the pub and have a couple of drinks. And then we're going to go back to the flat, have a nice meal, and just chill out with a little film, probably. Chill out with a little BDSM film. <laughs> get the whips out. Your little sex dungeon in Hastings. We're going to watch Secretary and get yes. some, <laughs> some ideas. Uh, but you know what, let's crack on into the show. Um, That's such a short intro, Luke. It's, it's, it might be the shortest one, but you literally just gave me the wrap-up <laughs> signal. So let's not put the blame on me here. This is Ollie Davis doing the... Come on, guys. People like the chat at the end. They want to dive into the... Re- and to be honest, it's super interesting. This is this is huge. The more I think about it, the bigger it is. Oh, well, the chat... We're gonna, I think yeah, it's about yeah. the podcast outro. Like, we don't oh, know what no, that is, mate. No, there's nothing there. <laughs> it's going to be inane babble. But anyway, yeah, let's crack on into the show. We're going to be talking about, is WWE in crisis mode? They've fired two big names. Here is the show. Get into it. Last night in the afternoon, just uh, just before the markets closed in the stock market world, business, 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 blah, 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 WWE sent out a press release announcing that effective immediately, the second and third most powerful people in the company are departing. Now you might think second most powerful people, you're talking Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, Kevin Dunn. No, Paul actually, Heyman. Paul Heyman. In terms of 
creative, sure, they are in charge of how the TV product looks, in charge of what storylines happen, dealing with the wrestlers, but in terms of the company, the big monolithic structure that is WWE, you have Vince McMahon at the top, then you have a guy called George Barrios and a woman named Michelle Wilson. They are sort of respectively the legal and CEO team. Their, their actual titles were chief financial officer and chief revenue officer. Vince McMahon is the chairman and CEO. And all of a sudden, without any backstage warning, these reports weren't leaked that there was dissension or anything, the second and third most powerful people in WWE as a business have been let go like future endeavoured hard, effective immediately, suddenly. Well, I'm sure they were both wished the best of luck in their future endeavours. But let's see the wording of this press release. It's very cagey. I would like to thank George and Michelle for their 10 plus years of service and contributions to the organization, said McMahon. I'm That's grateful. Vince McMahon. Yes. I'm grateful for all that was accomplished during their tenure, but the board and I decided a change was necessary, as we have, and here is the reason that they've given at least as we have different views on how best to achieve our strategic priorities moving forward. What effectively that means is they don't agree with me. <laughs> I want to go in a other direction. It sounds like a band. Creative yes. differences. This is Scott Derrickson leaving um, Doctor Strange 2 over creative differences. This is... Uh, the, is it, oh, I can't remember his name down. D damn it, the original bass guitarist from Weezer. <laughs> yeah. Departing after the second album, Pinkerton. Yeah. Because he, he saw the writing was on the wall. Well, actually, he's, he's, in he's releasing a new project soon and it's very, it's very good, I've heard it, and it's, it's really, really good. But back to this. Uh, yeah, this is, this cannot be, like, un underestimated. This is one of the biggest stories, low key, to happen to WWE. In five years. Yeah, this is a pretty major one. And let's, okay, so we can talk about sort of like them being let go, but to kind of dive into the real reason behind this and why this is happening. Uh, Dave Meltzer posted on Twitter, their scapegoat as earnings are to be announced on Thursday and are said to be lower than expected. So before anyone's like, oh, that's just Meltzer being Meltzer. This is not the first time this has happened, where just before they get onto an investor's call, someone who is in a position of power is publicly let go, so that when they get on the investor's call, Vince can say, ah, well, this person was doing the wrong, but we've now already got rid of them, so we can move on to a different direction. It's a way of distracting people. Previously, it was, oh, well, how show attendance is down because everyone's injured. And then when everyone came back and it still wasn't good, he was like, oh, it's because we didn't have any good creative forces. So we brought in Heyman and Bischoff. And then it was, ah, Bischoff wasn't performing, so we got rid of him. And now we're into a different one. Things are still bad. So it's like, well, we've got rid of these two people who were holding the company back. This is a narrative in freefall over the, the course of a couple of years now. You see it in politics all the time. First, you give reasons for why stuff's going bad or why stuff isn't happening. Then that doesn't become enough anymore. People want blood. And you give that to them in either firings or resignations. Yeah. Even if it isn't the person's fault. Michelle Wilson and George Barrios have been with that company as pillars of that company and the corporate infrastructure for over a decade. They are literally Vince's right-hand men. Yeah. And, well, men. Right-hand people. <laughs> what an outdated term. 
it's it's staggering how this has happened. For and, and to go to the lower than expected line, one of the interesting things about business and finance is that and there's a lot of investors calls, not investors calls, but sort of earning reports in January. Uh, to, to go over stuff from the previous year. We've just, this week, we've had Apple, mm -hmm. uh, which just an enormous amount of money, of course. Facebook, interestingly, had like 20% growth on the previous year. Really? Yeah, just through advertising, oh, uh, putting new business and, stuff yeah, yeah. in. They, Facebook I, make... I mean, my mum's on there a lot. So, like, I mean, she is earning them a lot of money. She's got a lot of disposable income, obviously. <laughs> yeah, my mum and my aunt yeah. are funding Facebook. They have... That they actually are very successful. I know Facebook isn't the coolest thing at the moment, yeah. but they make a lot of money. And they make so much money that now that isn't enough to impress people. <laughs> so they actually exceeded their targets in their reports, but their stock dropped. Yeah. Because it wasn't as impressive as previous ones. So imagine if a company beats its targets and that causes the share price to drop because the investors are like, ah, I thought it would be better than you said it would be. Imagine if you go in and say, well, we expect it to be this much, which is lower anyway, which is what WWE have done, and then it's even lower than that. And that has been directly reflected. They smartly announced this just as markets were going to close. So WWE ended the day technically up. Yes. They were at like $62 a share, which is a far cry from the $100 highs from like the start of last year when the Fox deal was first announced. Yeah. But... After hours, it has fallen 23%. That's almost a quarter of WWE's valuation just wiped out yeah, like that. Because they fired these two very, very important people. Like that is people seeing, investors seeing potential writing on a wall. Not that the company is going under, but that is a, that is a company that is in trouble. I've had a lot of promises made that are not being kept. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, it's, and that's, that's it. That's, you gotta, Whatever Vince McMahon says about creative differences, these two people are the reason that we're that, that we're holding us back. Really, now we're going to be better, more streamlined. We can do what we want. We've got a more unique vision. Like investors aren't dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they know that this is a PR. Like, if if even if you believe in what Vince is saying here, you can't argue the fact that the twenty five percent cut of the company's valuation immediately after this, so it's very connected, shows that nobody believes it. Do you think Vince sees investors as just more marks? Like yeah. He's just trying to work. Exactly. Like, hey, you all bought into Hulk Hogan, uh, body slamming Andre the Giant, you'll buy into me firing uh, Barry Austin Wilson as a good thing. He sees it as a storyline. Yeah. The man's distinction between reality and, and fabrication are so blurred as are the distinctions between what everyone's lives are really like and his, yeah. it sounds like. So it'll be very, very interesting next Thursday to see what happens on that actual investor's call. Well, we'll probably find out on the Friday, I suppose, because it's the investor's sure. calls on the Thursday. So we'll probably find out, like, you know, probably in the Observer. We'll Maybe we'll like, live stream it. <laughs> um, someone has already applied for the uh, the job, though. Yes. Uh, CM Punk uh, is, is trying to get the job. Um, <laughs> When uh, they announced that uh, the Barry Elson Wilson were effectively immediately removed, uh, CM Punk said, how do I interview? And then when someone said, you'll, you'll quit in a week, he replied, but think of the severance pay. <laughs>
Yeah, Always thinking is that CM Punk. UFC didn't work out for me. I'm looking for new ways to make money. Well, it's an astute observation because you can't just get rid of people like this. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I'd be really curious to know, and I doubt this story will ever fully come out probably no. because there's NDAs and everything involved where people legally can't talk about what's happened. But Barrios and Wilson, but they were kind of had this pit bull reputation, both of them, where you did not want to get on their wrong side. It was that they're kind of like the legal teeth. They are the, the if you think Vince McMahon is old school carnival nasty, mm -hmm. he's just a carny with a lot of money. Barrios and Michelle Wilson were kind of seen as the, the Rottweilers who were the actual horrible business side of WWE. Yeah. You know, all those like quite awful business practices WWE do of just like targeting any competition and cutting it out before it starts. That's not all Vince. No. It's, it's these two people as well. And these two people as well will have been the ones kind of spearheading a lot of the business decisions that they've been doing. Probably like, you know, the Saudi Arabia mm. deal, the Fox deal. They mm. would have been heavily involved in these sort of things. The ITV, not the ITV deal, sorry, the, um, the uh, BT Sport yeah. deal over here. And then presumably some of the Channel 5 stuff as well. So that severance pay joke that Punk makes is, is probably quite astute because they would not have gone quietly. Mm. If they're like, okay, we have to be sacrificial lambs for the purpose of the company, then, okay, I'm going to want all of this money to walk away. Yeah. And, and they're still like, they've got a lot of money in stocks from what I understand. I, the, the other side is maybe it wasn't even amicable like that. Maybe it wasn't Barrios, Wilson, McMahon sitting down going like, oh man, I'm really sorry, guys. This, yeah. ha this happened loads of times in the past. Pat Patterson, there was a scandal around him in the early 90s. He was let go, but then he was brought back. Yeah, it's the, um, to, to put it into movie terms, James Gunn being let go from Guardians 3 by Disney. Let go, big air quotes for podcast listeners, because of the, you know, the scandal from 10 years previous. They were like, well, we have to fire you now, but really you're not yeah. so go and take on another project and then we'll just bring you back when it's all died down a bit yeah you'll always have a job here yeah. so, so it could totally be that um apparently they they are searching for a permanent chief financial officer and chief revenue officer to replace them it'd be it, so hilarious if it's them yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they're the replacement ah it's george terrios yeah yeah and yeah like a sort of a gimmick change <laughs> That, and if anyone's saying, oh, yeah, well, they should get Jim Cornette in, or, or a wrestling name. No. But it's, it's not that kind of role. It's not. You <laughs> It'll need a be business. someone you've never heard of. You need a business, business, business yeah. person. They call them, I think they call them grey suits. Yeah, pricks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the, the other side of this is maybe it wasn't that kind of conversation. Maybe it was actually McMahon, and he's got a big track record of this, just turning on them. McMahon will like really be into someone for a couple of years and all of a sudden, nah, I'm bored of you. Yeah. And then I'll change his mind completely and kind of actively bury you. Michelle and, uh, Michelle and Wilson, Michelle and Barrios, Wilson and Barrios have, have had a long tenure there. Maybe in Vince's mind, he's just like, well, you're not working, I'm done, cut off. Yeah. And he's, it's been a bit more ruthless. Could be, man. Like, I, but as you say, I don't think we're ever going to know the full story behind this firing, but I am... So curious to see how it's spun mm. when the investors call comes around uh, next week. I'll just add one more thing, and we kind of said it. It's an, it, we said it about the Cody uh, Kip Sabian match this week. Mm. This is something you could have dragged out for two quarters, <laughs> yeah. and and this is this is like the most surprising thing. It's for getting me. rid of both of them. Getting rid of both of them at the same time. 
That is a big statement. That is a that is an essential clearing of house at the very top. And I'm only I'm just sorry. You know, well, again, if it is just a sacrificial lamb resignation superficial announcement, you would only do one because surely if it's a tactical move, you would keep the other resignation in the back pocket and do that in, in the Q2 investors call or in the Q3 one. Like, you didn't get rid of Heyman and, and Bischoff. Bischoff. Well, Heyman was working. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get rid of them both in one go. You just got rid of Bischoff. So, I, or maybe they felt like they needed two big backstage names to, to make it worth it. But I, that's, that's the one that's sticking out to me as maybe this wasn't an amicable split and it is more McMahon just suddenly changing his mind and going a complete different direction. This is purely speculation station on my part. But it could very well be that that was the plan to get rid of one of them and keep one of them in the back pocket. But once they announced we're getting rid of one of them, the other said, well, if they go, I go. Maybe. I'm just, it's speculation station on my part. Could, could be. They don't seem like that sort of pe that, that sort of person. Maybe. <laughs> oh, you know, they, they got offers to work elsewhere. Yeah. It could, could be. be as simple as that. AEW. <laughs> Tony Khan's over there like, well, we couldn't get Edge, but maybe we could get <laughs> Let's Barrios. get him where it really hurts. I... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very curious one. Um, but maybe this will be a turning point. Could be. Maybe it's actually an inspired business move. Maybe yeah. they were holding stuff back. Maybe WWE can focus on other things. You've got to think about XFL as well. Like if Vince McMahon is going to be more on the XFL side, who's going to be running that business side of things for WWE? Jim Cornette. God, actually, I didn't think of the XFL stuff. Yeah. Well, apparently, That's... I did see someone say that some investors are, are annoyed that their money has been used to fund the XFL, whereas like they didn't invest in the XFL, which you know was a, sure. a dead project 20 years ago. They're investing in WWE, which is still making money. And like you know, we, we keep talking about it, like it's in crisis mode and it's this and that. It's dropped quarter of the price. They're still like making a heck of a lot of money. Like this company is going nowhere for the foreseeable mm. future. Yeah, but in four or five years' time, it it's long term. It's potentially very significant when those TV deals come up for renewal, yeah. and they've driven off a lot of their fan base. That's, They're not making as much. That's long term. <laughs> Short term. <laughs> Who would think about that? Short term is where the money's at. But actually, I I hadn't even thought of this. The WWE is not just a creative endeavor. It's a huge business with merchandise. Uh, worldwide operations, websites, everything. And all of a sudden, you've gotten rid of the second and third most powerful people just from the business end of things. And as the Super Bowl's this, this Sunday, the XFL is meant to launch the yeah. week after. Vince McMahon's gonna be across that. What a very risky move to get rid of your three top business people and entrust this company in newcomers in one of the largest transitional times in its in its history. I don't know, man. Like this, this almost feels like it's above my pay grade of like, you know, of what WWE are thinking with this. But it is a very interesting time. Like it is like you're right. Like the timing of it is very curious. I am so fascinated to see where how Vince is splitting his time. Whether he thinks to himself, "Well, I know what I did wrong." the first time. I know where the XFL went wrong the first mm. time, so I'm not going to make those mistakes again. But is he also going to be the person who is like, I'm also going to relinquish my control over the creative side of WWE or the business side of WWE so I can focus on this passion project, when we know that <clears throat> he's not been at shows a lot, mm. you know, throughout 2019. He wasn't at backstage at shows a lot. 
but was always still making the final decision over the phone. You know, is, is it, is he gonna let up his power on this? I, as you say, like, are we gonna lose the top three for WWE or we're we just still getting the solo one and he is still gonna be across all of it? I don't know. It is, it, it's huge, actually. I've, it was big anyway in my head, but the more I think about it, the more, just the, the ramifications are, are enormous. Yeah. Wow. Well, let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. This is, it's a very interesting subject, one that I, I think, you know, hopefully more people find this as interesting as we do. Yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> it's a thumbs up party. I imagine there's lots of you watching right now. Hit that thumbs up. It really helps the channel and it, it, it spreads the video around. If you hit that thumbs up button, YouTube are more likely to just bump it up to other people. Yeah. And that's what we're all about. It's the voyage to WrestleMania. We're trying to build up the, the numbers again. We're on hard times here at WrestleDog. The hard turns. Sailing seas. Uh, yes, uh, WrestleMania 36. So I'll keep doing the thumbs up party while Luke takes us through more numbers. Yeah, Yay! more numbers because it's ratings man. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah, it's ratings man. Well, I thought we were doing ratings war. Oh, I don't know. I, I think we, I'll be honest. I forget every conversation that we have as soon as we press stop recording. It's ratings <laughs> war. <laughs> hallelujah, it's ratings war. So. It's, the, it's Friday, you know what that means. That means the ratings are out for the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. All right, Luke Harper, <laughs> you know what that means. Uh, AEW. That's uh, not Luke. No, is that, what, is that a Simon That's Miller Simon thing? Miller. Doesn't he do that? Yeah, he does. Know, I've never heard of him. Um, <laughs> anyway, AEW on TNT averaged 828,000 viewers, which is down 5% from last week, so that is a, uh, mm. Still a steady decline that they have seen. Um, well, it's, it's a big decline, I'd say, because the week before last week was nine. They were in the nine forties, yeah. nine, nine forty to six. That's what I mean. It's, it's, it's continuing a steady decline. Like it is declining and declining and declining. But last week was set on a boat. It was a tape show. Tape show. So everyone was like, "Oh, it's a special show." I can see a drop off there. Mm -hmm. I expected, if that was the argument, for viewership to bounce back this week, and it it hasn't. It's fallen. But counter, quite alarming. But it counted to that because NXT was also down uh, this week, doing 712,000 viewers, uh, finishing 37th in the 1849 demo, the very important demo. Mm -hmm. There were two NBA games on, um, which uh, Dave, you know, the, the Wrestling Observer says on ESPN, that had parts of both aired directly opposite wrestling. Right. So the argument is that the NBA games drew people away from watching AEW and NXT. Um, AEW won in every demo except for the over 50s, which is pretty standard by this point. Um, AEW actually beat the first NBA game. Oh, wow. Uh, they got a uh, 0.33 rating in the 18 to 49 demo where that game um, huh. uh, didn't get as much. So yeah, so um, uh, sorry, no, the, uh, the NBA game got 0.33, whereas AEW got a 0.34 numbers. Nice. Numbers, numbers, numbers. So that is the uh, the ratings war for this week. Another win for AEW, unbeaten in 2020, mm -hmm. um, but on a decline. Yeah, a big decline. Yeah. Uh, not, not a big decline from the previous week, but a, a very sizable decline, I'd argue, from the first three weeks of the year, which were very, we thought, oh, that is a very nice groove Started to have hot. yourself in. Started hot. 9.50, 9.40, ah, 8.40. Ah, is it eight sixteen? Uh, eight two eight. Eight two eight. You know, that's that's a hundred thousand people who haven't watched your most recent two shows. 
Um, and and they've, they've had big things happen. You know, that tag title switch last week was, was yeah. huge. Um, but the, the NXT one is, is quite interesting because that's off the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I didn't even think about that. That you would have thought that NXT would have been on the up this week, and not perhaps not being AEW, but certainly on the up after the after the Royal Rumble bounce. Keith Lee had a minor showing, but it was very exciting. He, he was one of the pushed. He, there was one of two hope spots in the Rumble: mm. Kofi Kingston and Rey Mysterio, and Keith Lee and Braun Strowman, and then you had Drew McIntyre. So Keith Lee should have. Yeah, he was a featured guy in that Rumble. He was more featured than Riddle was. Yeah, and while the men's Rumble didn't really push NXT, the women's rumble was, I would say, 50% comprised of NXT wrestlers. And Shayna Baszler had that awesome run at the end. Bianca Belair looked really good. Yep. So They were all on this week's show. Bianca mm. Belair, Shotzi Blackheart, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. So I'm surprised that it's actually, yeah, they've actually gone down this week compared to the go-home show last week. Yeah. Usually you'd think that would put some more mainstream, main roster WWE interest and eyes onto Wednesday night. They were down 8% in their uh, 18 to 49 demo as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so not a great week for, for NXT. Good, good show though. I thought both shows were actually very good yeah. for this week. Um, both solid shows. So that is the ratings for this week. Do you want to go into our favorite stories? Do you want to do yours first? Because I've, I've talked do mine. All, yeah, well, I've just talked for a, a good amount there, so you do yours. So mine is, uh, this was from yesterday's Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, it's all, I, I don't know if it's in Laurie's news as well today, um, but go, go and watch that. <laughs> uh, and it's, who was responsible backstage for booking each Rumble match? Which I find very interesting. Oh, it's so uh, interesting. I, yeah, I actually do genuinely find it interesting. Like, I find it interesting when it's revealed, like, who was the agent for certain matches. But particularly the Royal Rumble, because there's like, usually, like, five, six names that are, like, these are the people that put together this match. Mm. I find it very interesting to know. Yeah, and the, the agents, if you're not aware, are the backstage staff, usually former wrestlers, I'd say pretty much entirely former mm. wrestlers, yeah. who come up with the overall bits in the match. Obviously you'll have the creative team, they'll say we want these feuds to develop, here's an idea for a few spots, Triple H apparently has some input, I want these spots to happen, and then it's up to the agents to make that all happen within the confines of the Rumble, or you know, any other match. And sometimes they'll sit down with the actual wrestlers themselves, get ideas for spots. They're the producers of the match. For the men's Rumble match, get this, Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac. I didn't know he was still in the company. Here comes the money. I thought he was fired or whatever it was yeah. that storyline last year. Well, he was always, when he came back in 2016, 17 for the brand split. Like that, yeah. I've forgotten. It was as a, a front facing on screen character role only. I don't know when it changed to him actually being a backstage creative presence. Mm. I wonder if this is, you know, just, I mean, he has been sat with Vince a lot in gorilla position mm. um, throughout the years that he's, since he's been back, almost being like, hey, dad, I could take over this company, you know, like we had originally talked about. Fire, Marius. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like we originally discussed before I went to try and start yeah, UFC yeah. in China or whatever it was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's been doing a lot of gorilla position stuff. So it's kind of unsurprising. I mean, yeah, maybe that he's such a creative lead. I do find a little bit surprising, but... His involvement, I don't find 100% surprising. Uh, the other three were Jamie Noble. He's been an agent in WWE Long for years. Time. Very good finish man. Uh, but some new additions, Abyss. Oh, this one brought a massive <laughs> smile to my face. Abyss booked a rumble. Yeah, 
The former, uh, you know, Abyss from TNA has been working backstage as a producer in WWE since uh, the summer, really. Yeah. Yeah, and him and Shane Helms came in around mm. the same sort of time. It's a real, like, love the guy, great creative mind. This is a very good use of him. But he can still wrestle. Yeah. I just don't get why we can't have an Abyss thing four times a year. I thought... I mean, we actually had like fantasy booked ourselves that Abyss was he in your Rumble, no. your fantasy book? Because I, I think we had like speculated around the office, like, oh man, it'd be cool if Abyss was in the Rumble. Mm. Like he's never done anything with WWE. He effectively played WWE many years ago when he was going to be brought in for a feud with the Undertaker, and TNA were were leaking the news, like they were leaking the story that he was going to debut for WWE and face the Undertaker at WrestleMania. But it was all a big play so that he would re-sign with TNA and it would be like this, oh, Abyss chose Impact and mm. no one really cared. But <laughs> it'd be really good nice. idea. It was a good idea in principle. But it would have been really cool to see Abyss get a rumble spot. Mm. Uh, and the, the fourth man, so McMahon, Abyss, Noble, the most recent addition to the backstage team, Lance Storm. WrestleTalk's best friend, Lance Storm. <laughs> he was a surprise entrant in my, my uh, fantasy booking. <laughs> he was. He was going to win the 24-7 title. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a, you know, and that men's rumble was rather brilliantly booked. Yeah. I thought the Lesnar stuff went on about five entrants too long, but overall, fantastically booked rumble. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, and, of course, like Vince McMahon is apparently the person who made the last-minute call to go with McIntyre. So yeah. it's not just them. It, this is more the, the specifics of the spots in the match. The women's match was booked by Adam Pearce, long-time producer for the last couple of years. Tyson Kidd, He's, yeah. of course, had to retire, uh, but has made a, a name for himself as a, as a good booker yeah, backstage. Absolutely, yeah. He's been heavily involved in a lot of uh, backstage stuff. Michael Hayes, who's been with the company forever. Yeah. And, interestingly, an actual woman, <laughs> Mickey James. Yeah, Mickey James booked a rumble. That's great. That is great. I really like that. She was your pick to be a surprise entrant as yeah. well. Well, I don't know if that means I get a, a point. No. Still lose. I mean, you still lost, yeah. Uh, but Triple H also had input on the day of the show to make the match flow better. Which makes sense, as it was mostly NXT. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's my toys. <laughs> exactly. There were barely any main roster stars in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was, that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, my favourite story of the week, and it's just because it comes all, it comes all the way back to that Seth Rollins, AEW taking food off of our plates. You know, we made that comment and everyone was like, that's a really stupid thing to say. <laughs> it was before like the heel turn when Seth Rollins is not cool. And case in point is this, where the smart people are the ones playing AEW and WWE against each other. So as we all now know, Edge re-signed with WWE, signed a new three-year deal with them. He made his return at the Royal Rumble as Mike Johnson, the PW Insider, had correctly been reporting for months and months and months. When Edge kept saying, no, 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 he was like, Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, he did. He returned at the Royal Rumble. Amazing time. And he's come back on Raw and started a program with Randy Orton, which will likely lead into WrestleMania. Great times, great times. And Dave Meltzer reported that it was a huge contract that he'd signed for. A huge big money deal. And it turns out he got that huge big money deal because once he'd been cleared to wrestle, he went straight to AEW and talked about doing a deal with them. And so AEW obviously were very excited and were like, hey, you know, you can do, we'll have you as a backstage guy and you can sort of like, you could be an agent for us and we'll also have some in-ring stuff for you to do. And he was like, cool, what's the offer? Give him a co-executive vice president role. <laughs> well, why not? Hand him out. Yeah, you get to be one and you go, <laughs> his dad's car. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he then took that number 
and went to WWE and said, well, here's what AEW are offering me, better the deal. And they did. And so he is getting uh, $3 million a year with um, what had reported to be, um, so this is from Alex McCarthy of TalkSport. Uh, it's a new three-year deal, said to be worth $3 million per year. It is noted that Edge will be paid in full as long as he wrestles three times in a year. That's $1 million per match. It's not bad. Uh, he also said that he's committed to five matches in 2020, one of which was the Royal mm. Rumble, um, and the <laughs> other two will, and two of the other ones will be Saudi Arabia matches. But no, Mel really. But Meltzer has said that it is $3 million per year, but it is more matches than what Alex McCarthy is saying. So Meltzer is saying that it's going to be more than five matches. Alex mm. McCarthy is saying that it's going to be five. He's already done one. Two of them are in Saudi Arabia, which means the other ones will probably be WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Um, and that'll be it for Edge this year. Mm. Whereas Meltzer is saying it's the numbers correct, but he's going to be doing way more appearances and way more matches. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a case of we've got f your contract is for five matches and we will agree an ad hoc fee for any other matches on top of that. Yeah. Because you've got to think, you know, Survivor, at least the big four, you'd want him involved. Yeah. Or do you uh, treat him like a Goldberg? And yeah. you just sort of bring him back for a program to lead into WrestleMania, and then you don't have him do anything until Survivor Series later in the union. You, you don't do Money in the Bank and the SummerSlam. I want him all the time. <laughs> I know, I do I want too, him man. All the time. But apparently, he's going to be like McCarthy is saying he's going to be doing 25 appearances throughout the year. Mm. So he's on like proper Brock Lesnar style uh, deal. But Brock Lesnar is making way more money than, than Edge. <laughs> but you know, it's, I thought it was interesting because this is exactly what Randy Orton did. Randy Orton very yeah. publicly was saying. I'm going to AEW to have talks with them. Tony Khan has talked about that Randy Orton went to go and have talks with them to effectively say, give me a deal and then take that deal back to WWE and said, this is the deal I've been given, better it. And this is what happened during the 90s. The, you know, WWE or WWF at the time often couldn't afford their contracts. So they would say like, look, you're free to go negotiate elsewhere. And they would go back and they'd be like, here's what WCW have offered me, what can you do to better it? And sometimes they can say, we can, or sometimes they say, we can't. The Dudley boys quite famously um, got the offer from WWF to sign with them, took it back to Paul Heyman at ECW and said, offer us $1 more mm. and we'll stay with you. And Paul Heyman couldn't afford it. So they went inside with WWF. Yeah. And it is just, it's not, you know, that's not the two sides playing off against each other, but it is very much here playing these two companies against each other to make for a better life for yourself. So when Seth is there going like, they're taking money off my table, it's like, well, you're just a terrible businessman. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, the wrestling industry for the last two decades has been dominated by one big company player. And it's been very unfair on the actual wrestlers. And they're, they're the people who are you know, going out there, slowly destroying their bodies for our entertainment and the company's financial gain. The WWE could have made them employees, could have give them, given them health care. They haven't done any of that. Could have paid for their travel. Could have paid for their hotels, yeah. their expenses, but they don't. They could have let them do sponsorship deals outside the company, but they haven't. And now, rightfully, it's coming back to bite them in the ass mm -hmm. because you've got WWE and AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor also playing off each other. Marty Skull was offered more money by Ring of Honor than any of these other guys. Yeah. So the real winner here, as it should be, are the wrestlers. Just like how football has, you know, the footballers, or maybe the agents, are the real winners there now, yep. because they're getting the most money. They're the actual talent. It's, that's, and, and the, you, you'd hope that would 
feedback to the fans as well. Yeah. So this is this is a good industry move. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. So, shall we dive into the mailbag? Should we just do our... F I, I was going to pick my favourite match. Oh, I forgot about match of the week. Yes, please. What is your favourite match of the week? Men's Rumble. Ooh, yeah. I like it, yeah. I'm actually going to say the Women's Rumble, despite its finish. Yeah, well, it, the Men's Rumble had a rocky start and yeah. the Women's finish had the bad final ending. That's but it. Drew McIntyre winning, Edge returning. Those are two moments I'll, I'll remember forever. Yeah, and I don't think you're wrong. I'm only just picking the Rumble just to be different um, to you. I, I mean, by I think you are right. Mm -hmm. But I really, really love that Women's Rumble, with the exception of the ending. Yeah. But it, was, it was a lot of fun overall. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, so let's dive into the mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community section labeled mailbag. Do not email me, I will just lose it. We start off with a rant, unfortunately, from uh. Flaming Clive. He says, I don't really know how to say this, but Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Ronda Rousey, Roman Reigns, and AJ Styles are all overrated. Wow. I find myself using their matches as background noise when they're on. <coughs> Mainly, WWE should stop forcing people to be main stars, and those who are retired, like Punk and Edge, should stay retired. I was just say, this was left before the Rumble. Okay. Uh, 
I love uh, Rey Mysterio, Corbin, Andrade, and Asuka. WWE has so much great talent, but they keep shoving the same names down our throats and expected us to say thank you and ask for more. It's tiresome, and I can't wait till Vince goes away, whether it's by choice or forced upon him. This way we can get some new fresh eyes on the product to help run backstage. My question to you guys goes as follows. What is the what is the one most unpopular opinion that, should, uh, that you have regarded WWE that would anger most of the fan base? Uh, it's funny that he mentioned Becky Lynch there because that was the person we've all been asking for them to push. And as soon as they pushed him, everyone turned against her. Well, they pushed her wrong. Well, no, but like they literally just pushed her into the main event. I mean, yeah, they did the heel yeah. turn, which was wrong. And then they rectified that and everyone still turned against it, which I don't think is Becky's fault. I think it's very much the case of they did a very bad storyline going into yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, 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 that's totally it. Um, but yeah, they are putting her. But really, were they actually pushing her? I, I don't think they were. They're I think they were Charlotte. actually pushing Charlotte and, and Ronda. Uh, I, I, I think that's unfair on a lot, especially AJ Styles. He is, if anything, underrated. <laughs> One of the best wrestlers on the And he's still yeah. very highly regarded. Uh, but in terms of unpopular opinions, I, I, I don't know. If, you know. if most people seem to like it, I'm happy to say, well, I'm in the minority here. And I, you know, like Jeff Hardy, I don't get him. Yeah. But if the opportunity was to arise for me to have Jeff Hardy in my fictional wrestling promotion, I'd take it in a heartbeat because he appeals to so many fans at such a deep level. Yeah, Santino. I've said it before, I never found Santino funny apart from that one segment. Yeah. Uh, or that AJ Lee's music sucks. Um, Russ Betts says, long time fan, been watching since wow. the TV days. Uh, just became a pledge hammer today. Just wanted to give you guys a quick message to say thank you for the amazing work. Ready for a lovely time with the boys this Sunday. Ah, oh, thank Sunday you very much. The Royal Rumble. Uh, Josh Lee said, hi guys, great to be back on Patreon for the first time in a while and just in time for the new series of Wrestle League. Uh-huh. My question to you is, one aw- uh, was an awful piece of booking that has been forgotten about or isn't really talked about? What was an awful piece of booking that has been forgotten about or isn't really talked about? For me, I always remember when Cena and Orton beat mm. the entire Raw roster by themselves in 2008 and just see that as a idea that will have made the rest of the roster look like chumps. Keep up the good work, guys. Love the content lately. Thanks very much. Yeah, I mean, we you bring that up quite a lot, actually, as a, as a bit of terrible booking. Yeah, DX did the same thing. Uh-huh. I, it, it's a minor one. My, my, my mind doesn't extend beyond a year, unfortunately. But Becky apologizing to the McMahons with no follow-up is, was the start of the decline. That was her suffering succotash moment for me. Yeah, there were two moments last year that would happened and then never followed up on. One of those was Vince adding Charlotte into the Mania main event mm-hmm. and bringing back Kevin Owens. It's never led to anything. Uh, and I'm glad. <laughs> um, uh, Jonathan Hedman, am I correct that the Have a Big One t-shirt inspired by Dan, the proceeds go to Dan? He's not a charity. <laughs> No, they don't. But we are in, we are forever grateful yeah. for Dan. Uh, Dylan Tyrrell Reeve, hello uh, again, my favourite bunch of wrestling pals. I just finished watching David Benoit's interview with Chris Van Vliet mm. and was wondering your thoughts on his aspirations to make an in-ring debut this year and potentially wrestle as Chris Benoit Jr., wearing similar gear to his dad and even using his theme song. I totally understand that he still idolises his father and wants to honour him, but I don't know how well it would go down with people mm. for obvious reasons. David seems like a class act, though, and I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one because he, you know, I, no one's been more affected by his father action father's actions than him, mm-hmm. and but but this kind of wanting to pay respect to his father, I guess it it falls into the category of maybe he sees Chris Benoit as a victim himself as part of a larger mental illness and and damage to the brain. Yeah, 
so I can see them. I can, you know, there's no wrong answer really. I, there's I no just, right answer, right? Yeah, I I think just pragmatically, it's a mistake. Like, I I wouldn't say to anyone go out with your father's gimmick because yeah. you're because you're just putting you're measuring yourself up against him anyway. Uh, to my mind, there's only been really one success story out of that. Maybe two, because you go over Rey Mysterio. Mm. Um, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like Dave, David Flair was pigeoned to be like, you are the son of the nature boy. And it completely killed his career. When they had Ted DiBiase Jr., they were like, you're the new million dollar man. Yeah. And it completely killed his career. But Charlotte was one of the few that was like, no, I'm, I, I have succeeded that aspect of being like, you are the daughter of Ric Flair. Mm. Rey Mysterio did the same thing with his dad. Was was Mysterio was it Mysterious Mysterio dad or was he just handed the gimmick from there was no blood relation there was it I don't know because I only know Rey Mysterio Senior from WrestleManiac the horror movie I can't remember uh, but yes I don't think it's a good idea but I can see I don't disagree with his emotional reasons for wanting to that's mm -hmm. that's his bag but I I don't think it will work yeah. Um, Dylan's got a second question because he's not here next week. Um, what was the first wrestling YouTube channel you guys started Ooh. watching? For me, it was Aaron Riff's NoDQ.com. I watched it religiously up until 2015 when What Culture started <laughs> making How WWE Should Have Booked series. P.S. It was great to see Blompier back on the wrestling YouTube scene again. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. Uh, what was the first wrestling YouTube channel? What was it? I think it was, I used to watch Solomonster clips. So just podcast clips put on YouTube. Mm. It was yeah. you. You watch me? Yeah, <laughs> well, because you were my friend, so oh, I, yeah, yeah. I just watched your stuff. Like, I didn't know that wrestling YouTube was yeah. a thing. I just knew that you made videos, so I watched your videos, and I watched Brian Zane, because I found him, I found out about him through the Action mm -hmm. podcast. I had never heard the name of, like, Pachiti, Ross, Lompier, until I started working with you, and, yeah. you, and you told me who they were. <laughs> never heard of them. Um, Andrew Wright said, been listening to your podcast for just over a year now and getting back into watching wrestling with my eight-year-old son showing an interest. Nice. After being out of work for a while, I got paid for the first time yesterday and decided to become a pledge hammer to thank you for all your consistently consistent work, which has helped cheer me on through some of the difficult times. My question for your mailbag is where would you recommend I take my son to really cement his newfound love of wrestling? <sighs> we want to see a local promotion in Norfolk last night, which was great fun, but now I'd like to take him to a bigger show. Keep up the good work and enjoy your Royal Rumble weekend. Oh, Norfolk's difficult. You really need to know where uh, Kip from. Where the because Norfolk's in. The, I know the north and I know the south east. I don't really know the best wrestling promotions. Where is Norfolk? Well, it's where Island Partridge uh, does all of his radio Norfolk stuff. Norfolk map UK. <laughs> But I suppose like it's a question of if you want to take him to a really bigger show, the only real bigger shows would be something like if you can take him to a Progress, um, if they're touring around maybe near the Manchester area, yeah. um, which I don't think... You've got a Butlins near you. <laughs> you should go to Butlins and watch NGW because mm -hmm. that is catered towards the family market. Yeah. And they, they're just like... It's, it's been described as Memphis... Like old school Memphis wrestling, but for kids. Yeah. Because everyone is just 100% catered. It's so much yeah. fun as well. Um, right, Harrison Earl says, uh, okay, you're on Come Dine With Me <laughs> and you have to invite four wrestlers to take part in the show with you. What dish are you cooking and what dish will the wrestlers be cooking when you go around Ooh. theirs? Also, can we get a bonus podcast of Simon running through this week's happenings on Love Island if he still watches it? Mint, cheers. Yeah, he doesn't talk about it if he does, but I'm, he definitely does still watch it. Oh, yeah. I think he's... I mean, I'm not going to say he's the only person in the world because it's watched by millions of yeah. morons. But uh, yeah, I think he, he doesn't tell us that he watches it. Uh, I what, what four wrestlers would I like to have around? Kevin Owens. Oh, well, do I want a nice time or do I just want it to be interesting? <laughs> Vince McMahon. 
Yeah. You gotta. Steak wraps you'd make. Triple H. Tony Khan. They'll get so competitive with each other. Yeah. Uh, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Paul Heyman. Oh, you've singled out uh, Meltzer there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's so many things like Meltzer could leak that Heyman is actually his source for a lot of stuff. <laughs> to Vince. And I thought you were going to say he starts leaking what they're going to do their meal plans after no. the week. <laughs> Oh, my sources have told me that Triple H is uh, making a lot of hummus when mm. I <laughs> come round to it on Thursday. I'll cook the Mexican food. Yeah. I do, I do like uh, making... To show Vince what a burrito is. Yeah, I do like making enchiladas. Mm. Um, Adam says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, and the crew. I've been a WrestleTalk fan for a few years now. I remember when it was just Ollie on his Todd, and it's been such a joy to see the channel I care about grow into such a force. Oh, Finally you. decided to take the plunge and become a pledge hammer in January 2020, mainly because, although I do respect your opinions, you're terrible at predictions, and I know I can do better. My question is, what do you think WWE can do to get their women's division back on track? Personally, I think they should flesh out all of the non-main event players a little more by giving them more promo time. It would be a breath of, uh, it would breathe some life into the division rather than having them fade into the background amongst the one or two main events as each brand has. Thank you so much for the entertainment over the years, and I'll see you at the top of the Wrestle League tables. I Adam. haven't seen me. Um, I yeah, obviously, giving them more storylines, actually focusing on women that aren't Charlotte and Becky, uh, bringing up some. People who have been in NXT for too long, Candice LeRae, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, freshen up that. Uh, I would actually like to see more crossover with the men's. Not, not in matches, mm -hmm. but I just don't get why feuds can't extend through both genders. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, they, we did that last year with uh, Becky and... That was done bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what you want is that, but done better. Yes. Yeah. Just do it better. Um, yeah, I would certainly say that it's a case of not just focusing on those two eggs that you've got. It's looking at the the, the, the pool and be like, well, let's let's flourish some of these other mm. talents that we've got. Flourish them. Exactly. Sarah Logan, you know, she's someone who's got incredible talent. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, I feel like, are being completely like wasted uh, over on SmackDown. Although the Mandy Rose storyline with Otis is very fun. Michael Plowman, uh, what's your opinion on the way the WWE have booked Becky Lynch since winning the Raw's women's title? I think we have talked about yeah. this a lot. Um, she hasn't had a truly effective program until recently with Asuka. She had a long Lacey Evans run, Natalia for a minute. Did she? She faced Natalia last year. Well, maybe it was a TV match. Was it SummerSlam? Oh yeah, there was a submission match. Oh yeah, and it was, oh, it was right. good. It was pretty good actually, <laughs> yeah. And then Sasha for a couple of cycles, and then nothing until Asuka. It just seems like she's been flattened out now compared to how popular she was. Yeah, I know. We, we've been saying this for the last year now, that, that that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, and I said it at the time. She needed the hot program to come out of WrestleMania, and she didn't. I saw someone uh, post up on Twitter saying that to really cement Drew as a top guy when he comes out of winning the uh, championship from Brock is he should feud with Jinder because they've got so much history. No. And I, and I was seeing a few people go like, such a good call. No, I'm like, no, absolutely not. It's a terrible idea. Uh, bar Bar Barking Mad said, should Wyatt's Fiend and beat Demon Balor uh, form an unholy alliance? No. No. <laughs> John Smith, do you think Charlotte will show up at NXT TakeOver Portland and declare she'll face the winner of Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? I, I, I would hope so. I, I think they should actually probably save that for a TV episode to give it a bump. Yeah. And, and tease that Charlotte's going to appear on NXT on that previous week's Raw. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that has been sort of speculated that that might be the case. That she it was should. reported, actually. Oh, was it, yeah, it was by reported. the end, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Edgecombe said, I, I have to say I will be shocked if Edge versus Randy Orton doesn't main event WrestleMania. 
prepare to be shocked. <laughs> uh, the match with the angle surpasses how important the titles feel. I think it should go on last. Do you agree? In general, no. I think the title match should go on last. I think the title match should just be booked to be the most important. That's how you get round that. It's not like you get to the day and say, oh, no. <laughs> but the t that, this is completely out of our hands. The yeah. title match isn't the most important thing on the show. Um, so, But in certain special cases, Taker Michaels should go on last, you know? Yeah. Because it was Michaels' retirement match. Yeah. Um, and it completely killed the main event for yeah. that year. Uh, I, but uh, yeah, the, the reported plans are is it's between Reigns and Fiend or McIntyre Brock. So it's not even in the conversation. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I, like you in principle, like, I'd really do agree with that. And I think if like a way bigger match than this on paper was Vince versus Brett, and if that wasn't a main event of WrestleMania, then I don't think Edge versus Randy Orton should be a yeah. main event of WrestleMania. I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad that it wasn't the main event of yeah. WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> Gigi Baxter said, having had time to digest it, I was wondering what you guys thought of Edge in the Rumble. In the cold light of day, I was a little let down. Whoa. Felt they could have paused a little to let the crowd noise die down so the you think you know me wasn't nearly drowned out. The camera work for the first oh, beer yeah. was unforgivable and even the exit. I get the idea was to always help Drew by having him eliminate the guy who eliminate Edge, but felt Seth or Corbin could have been better suited as they would have got nuclear heat they could have used, where, uh, whereas with Roman, it will never be mentioned again. The Orton angle has saved it all for me, but early brought, uh, sorry, um, the Orton angle saved it for me, but got early Brian return worries from any moment Orton was near the neck. Back to the rumble, glad Edge wasn't number 30, but perhaps number 27 with um, comes playing up as a, as a favorite entry spot to really tap into the 2020 Royal Rumble return, and the idea would have spiced it up. Along with the OMG, he's back. I felt left down and wondered if you felt the same. I think from everything I've heard and my own personal opinions, I have not heard that at all. I was, I still love it. I think the idea to come out, was it number 20? Something like that, yeah. That it was inspired. I just didn't expect it, even though I should have really been expecting it. The only thing I agree with is that camera cut, yeah. which was ridiculous and just attacked that they should stop doing entirely cutting to the crowd. Uh, but apparently they've re-edited it for the network version, so yeah. that's good. They did the same with um, AJ Styles. Remember when he debuted? Mm. And yeah. They, and they were focusing on something else. And all of a sudden, like, AJ Styles was out on the ramp, and like the crowd were reacting to him, but they were just focusing on the ring. And they re-edited it mm. when they put it up on the network eventually. I also think Reigns actually works very well to eliminate him in that final three, because I bought into Reigns winning. Yeah. So that made the true Roman thing more tense. Uh, I Got Dibs has got a very long uh, thing that I'm, I've cut down because it's a bit more graphic, but you'll get the <laughs> idea. Um, while listening to your latest podcast, uh, you were talking about the show Luke was watching about chicks and their pubes, and I decided it was time to share my story. And I've written dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and it ends with, every even now thinking about women's pubes makes my stomach turn. Uh, now, that sounds like it's got a lot more context. I'm sorry <laughs> I got dibs for misrepresenting you. There is way more context to it, but it was also... It was a long story and it was very graphic for, for a show that we, we, we have to mark that this is not for, for wow. kids. Wow, um, sorry dibs. Uh, it said, now this is not to ment on anyone who has a bush, it's simply not my thing. Thanks for letting us know. But I did think it was <laughs> funny because there are a lot of people who've watched this show that don't listen to the podcast and must now wonder, what the hell goes on in the podcast version <laughs> of this show? Subscribe to find out. <laughs> Reese Decknan says, uh, hello you lovely boys, having a lovely time on this lovely day. I hope this question finds you in good health. 
So I've been having a thought lately about a common complaint leveled uh, against WWE and its storytelling, but it wasn't until I, it was used against that quite frankly amazing segment between Edge and Orson on Monday. At what point will wrestling fans just accept that if faces come out to help every time a heel beats someone down, it takes away half of the fun and all the drama out of the mm. beatdown? Honestly, would you say that Ricochet running down on Monday after the RKO would have added anything? No, you're right. Would Joe helping fight AOP and Seth have uh, been impactful if someone had run down to help Seth, uh, Roman every week on SmackDown? It is a criticism I honestly think is overused and very rarely thought of what would have this would have added. And I wanted to get your thoughts. Kind regards, keep all you're doing apart from Datsun. Um, <laughs> it's highly unlikely that any of you are in Cardiff on Sunday for Progress 102. Oh. I'd love to buy you a drink. Ah, wish I was there. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, Unfortunately, it's just one of those. It's a th I said it at the, at, on Tuesday's show. I think it's like the Irish Whip. We all know they ha like that doesn't actually work, but we buy into it. But it, it is awkward. I guess the way to get round it for this is some of the babyface roster members come down, but Orton sort of stops it with the threat of hurting the neck even more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a storyline crutch. Yeah. But it, I don't think it like really affects... It's, it's nitpicking, if, if more than anything. Just what we're here to do. Hmm. Uh, Lee Spicer, greeting Lucas, Oliver, and your band of merry men. I'm still on an overwhelming high after the events of the Men's Royal yeah. Rumble match. And I was wondering what matches uh, would you guys like to see from Edge's post-WrestleMania? P.S. I enjoyed Luke's impression of Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. No! Also, I'd like to mention that your content has been really helping me out greatly the past couple of weeks, especially the job hunt has been putting me down a bit. And I just want to let you all know that it, you truly do make a difference in people people's lives and certainly mine at the moment. Thank you all again. Kind regards, Lee. Oh, thanks, Lee. Thank Hope you, Lee. the job search is going well. Thank you. Um, post uh, WrestleMania matches, well, he teased a lot of them in his promo, Matt Riddle, AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, I... Cena. Oh, man, you're going back to that well. Look, 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 look. Come I, on, man. I, I know we've got to do some, some young up-and-comers, but I would also like to see occasionally a nostalgia feud. Yeah, occasionally, but you're not talking about his next feud. No, 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 I'm just talking. Oh, okay, He's got, we right, got yeah, three yeah. years of it. <laughs> yeah, I, so I think we can fit a Cena match in yeah. there. I'm thinking Seth. Mm. I think it's Seth. Roman will be a good Battle of the Spears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jobber JJ, hello Swaff Nation and Wrestle Talker boys. Um, by now, you will have watched that clip of Matt Riddle that still wants Lesnar. I actually haven't watched yeah. it. Um, and doesn't care what anyone says in WWE. He's got backstage heat by Vince and Triple H. He's a lot in Riddle. So my two questions are, where does Heyman stand on this? And if the match is on, when is the place to do it? Have a super, super, super day. I think SummerSlam. I did, SummerSlam feels like a Lesnar show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because you had the Randy Orton thing and the, the year before was the four-way. Uh, I the, the, the Undertaker match was there as well, I mm -hmm. think. I... Yeah, I, it's, it's a curious one. I, I'm starting to think it's a work now. Well, we said that at the time we thought it was a work. But I also thought it was, I think it might be a mixture. Vince actually is annoyed at the guy. But Heyman, Triple H, a lot of other people see so much in him, they're like, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And then Vince is like, no. And that's why we got the Royal Rumble booking. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I said on the AEW review, I see it as a little from column A, a little from column B. I think mm. Vince is genuinely annoyed that he is booking himself into a match that they have no plans to do. Whereas Triple H and Heyman see it more as like, a, you're grabbing the brass ring, you're doing exactly what Vince wants you to do, but he's kind of punishing you for doing so. Yeah. Uh, Abner have. Uh, hello, lovely people, and Randy. <laughs> After watching the excellent Royal Rumble, I have a very controversial opinion. <gasps> 
When we talk about the Mount Rushmore of WWE or wrestling in general, they put the likes of Austin, Rock, Taker, Hogan, and many more. But I mm. think there's always one guy missing, the most important guy, Repo Man. Just kidding, <laughs> it's Vince McMahon. For all the flaws the guy has, sometimes his genius mind pulls out an amazing idea. If you think carefully, if there was no Vince, the Austin area would have been bland, WCW might not have gone out of business, and we may never have had of AEW. I think Vince deserves top place in the wrestling history, not as a performer, but as the most hardworking SOB who's brought us this company and made possible this community. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I guess it depends what your criteria for the top four people in the wrestling business ever is. If it's the wrestlers who drew the most money and had the most mainstream crossover, he doesn't, he's nowhere in that conversation. Mm. Um, but if it's business minds or like, you know, wrestling bookers, he's, yeah, he's in there. Exactly. But if you're going to like, once you get into the conversation of Vince, then it's like Jim Crockett, there's, uh, Bill Watts. There's loads of people that the sort of backstage booker type, you know, the, the real geniuses of wrestling who would also be along to that Mount Rushmore. The problem with the Mount Rushmore argument is that there's more than four people that should be <laughs> up on that, that thing. Um, Connor going. firstly, celebrating my anniversary of becoming a pledge hammer this Thank month. Thank you. Thanks for all the entertainment over the past 12 months and previous. On a probably related note, how come I now enjoy listening to you guys reviewing wrestling more than I actually enjoy watching it? <laughs> I got a kick out of Dynamite's recent episode, On a Boat, and quite enjoyed the character and story developments, but later, list but later listening to you and Ollie so enthusiastically waxing lyrical about what went down made me retrospectively enjoy what AEW had presented even more. Much the same with the latest episode of Raw. I guess enthusiasm, much like heat, can be transferred. Either that or I'm a rest talk addict. P.S. went to my first wrestling show last Ooh. night in Hustle in North London and it was cracking fun. And it was attempted should definitely be a brave boy or lass and give it a go. Oh, well done for going to a wrestling training class. Uh, yeah, you've just described the role of criticism in, in any sort of outlet. When I go and see a movie, I'll be like, oh, I enjoyed that so much. Why? And then I'll listen to a review saying why I enjoyed it because they're the experts there. And I'll be like, ah, oh, now I appreciate that movie even more. Yeah. Or maybe, oh, maybe there are some flaws, you know? So that's, yeah. Uh, Frank Patello, if you could change a wrestler's theme song to his or her old theme uh, in another company, um, which wrestler would it be and what theme would it be? The obvious answer is AJ Styles and his old TNA theme. Yeah, what a song. Daniel Bryan, Final Countdown. <laughs> it's what he used to come out to in Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, is there really any better answer than that? I also like the CM Punk Kill switching game. Yeah. That was a really I think it was written for Randy. It was, it was Randy's originally. Yeah. It's just that that was my entrance music in uh, <laughs> 2010 video game. Yeah. Because it was punks. Um, anytime Raven comes back anywhere, I want him to have his WWF theme because I think that's a badass. <laughs> Uh, Sean Dunn, hi guys. Loving all the videos Ooh. on the YouTube and WrestleTalk Clips, which is a, a fan channel run by Vinny. Um, yeah, go over and subscribe to it. It clips up bits of this show. Yeah, he just started off his own back. He's now past 3,000 subscribers, bless him. Um, the new Wrestle League portal is class. Hopefully I get some points. Crazy idea. Imagine if Bo Dallas put on weight and got similar tattoos as Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt and became the fake fiend. Thank you for all your fantastic work. It's, yeah, it's a fun idea. The problem is, it's such a wacky gimmick anyway, The Fiend, that if anyone starts to take the mick out of it, it will crumble a bit. Yeah. It's like The Undertaker, no one really said, well, they did eventually, but it was very well paid, like, executed. Um, but yeah, you can't, can't be making fun of that. 
Chris Gardner. Hi guys. When I found out that wrestling wasn't actually real, my child's brain decided this couldn't possibly be true. And I decided that wrestling was actually very similar to the video games people are competing with each other, but not actually trying to hurt each other. In my mind, they had hit points that would go down as the matches went on. <laughs> so there was still an element of competition for someone to try and get out of their opponent's health, like try and get their opponent's health down. This obviously didn't take into account the amount of cooperation required to do the moves. So my question is, what misconceptions did you have about wrestling before you became aware of the business? Thank you for all your hard work. So I, I was told the wrestling wasn't real from a very young age. Like before I was, like when I watched my first wrestling event in sort of like the early 90s, which was um, the Battle Royal at Royal Albert Hall, which yeah. David Boy Smith won. I, my friend of mine down the road had it on VHS. And he told me out the gate, this is not real. So I've never had that whole like, oh my God, I think it's real. I've always had like, this is staged entertainment. Yeah. I remember sitting down with my cousins and us trying to figure out, because we all had different opinions. Mine was, well, they, they know they have, I was about 11, but I know they have to do some storyline stuff to, to sort of make the TV work. So, but they're actually fighting. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, we don't know which way the match is going to go. I, uh, I tell you what, actually, when, before I saw it, the word around the schoolyard was, oh, ECW's real. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like WWF and WCW, that's all fake. But ECW's real. Yeah, like they actually fight there. And I did believe that for years until I saw it. And I was like, oh no, it's it's the same as the it's other probably one. Probably sloppier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pritchard. Um, Austin Tussie, hey guys, what if instead of WWE having the annual draft or shakeup, whatever side they call it each year, they did seasons like sports? Oh, each season yeah. could culminate at WrestleMania, and then, like in other sports, brands try to make offers to free agents, brands make trades, wrestlers can decide to leave for other brands if they choose. I feel like this would make more realistic to how sports usually work, and I know keeping up with NWA, people often seem more interested in free agency and trades than, any, uh, than the actual regular season. Curious on your thoughts, as always, Austin. I think it's a great idea. WWE do it on a very superficial level as a sort of PR announcement sometimes, or an advertising ploy. It's the season premiere of Raw. It's the season premiere of SmackDown. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. But if they actually formalize that into a structure and we know when seasons run to and from, and you can put storylines around that and trades, it's a fantastic idea. Unfortunately, WWE don't do that and they'll grow tired of it very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Raphael, hey guys, I just had a question regarding the MJF Cody booking. See, I'm not really getting along with the whiffing aspect. I get it's embarrassing and painful. Luke is. <laughs> no, I just think it's way kinkier than it sounds. Yeah. Um, I thought a much better heel way to go down this would be for MJF to force Cody to kiss his ring. It's degrading and would test Cody's morality. What do you guys think? Thanks for all the hard work you do. Keep up the great work. Mm. I guess the kissing of the ring is kind of Cody... It's, it's, it's a very different thing. Cody withstanding punishment is a manly show of honor. And the standing up, thank you, sir, can I may have another mm. Tommy Dreamer. Whereas, like you say, kissing the yeah. ring is degrading and you don't want to do that to your top baby face. Uh, and Nicholas Walton said, what would you prefer to see? So we've got some options mm. here. This is our last question of the day. Randy's attack was paid for by Seth, who was terrified of Edge because of their history. We find uh, that out during a WrestleMania I Quit match. Uh, Brian, uh, Daniel tells, Daniel Bryan tells Roman Reigns the secret he's discovered to beating the Fiend. Fe uh, Reigns unmasked the Fiend at Mania, reverting him to the Mr. Rogers and winning the Universal title. Killer Cross leads the Dark Order. Or Cole defeats Chempa and denies him of any future championship matches so DIY reunite to win the tag titles. Definitely the last one. Yeah. I'm trying to think. 
Oh, no, that is the best option, yeah. Yeah. Um, although I'm actually going to say the second one because that's my wild prediction for um, 2020. So that would at least get me some kudos at the end of the year. Cross is apparently going to WWE. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's going to be very difficult to do. Uh, Dan uh, left us a message on the podcast chat in Patreon to tell okay. us that uh, Gotham was great. Of course. Of course he likes Gotham. Yes. I'm sure it's great on season two, episode <laughs> three, and the 25 hours of effort you put into that show finally pay off. But I watched the first 10 episodes of it. Oh, you did I was than I did. really, really forgiving of it. I thought it was gonna be something good, but it was just, I found, in my opinion, sorry, Dan, a generic network show with superheroes in. Yeah. I didn't make it past the first episode because I found it on the nose references to be really great. Mm. Oh, Edward, with your riddles. <laughs> Get out. Wink. Yeah, it was, it was kind it really of, was. it was camp, but not in the Batman 66 way. Yeah. I like my camp. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll have this quick email here before my battery runs out from James. Uh, he sent in a long email with some podcast thoughts, but also has a... Um, uh, a little follow-up thing. Mm. Now, James, you may remember, is a resident Canada listener. You get right. very, very angry when we reference Canada incorrectly. That he got very angry when I said it had states, when it has provinces. Right, yes. Um, and I think there was another thing that we said that was about Canada, which was actually about America, and he got really, really angry with us. Mm. Um, so, James... Well, wh like, Washington is in Canada. Yes, exactly. Where we Daniel know Bryan that. Is from. That's, yeah, yeah. that's legit. Yeah. Um, but James says here, since you're reading this, I'd like to further uh, clarify the Canada thing that irks me so much. It feels to me like you're always forgetting about uh, about us. Even my question to you about how Aww. English pronounced uh, Worcester sauce on the Patreon episode, you said, yes, I suppose you Americans pronounce it differently. Well, you got you got to, I always say the US, you know. Americans is kind of a catch-all term for North America, in my head. Well, this is where James continues. Uh. Uh, I would just love some recognition that we aren't <laughs> Americans. It's almost like you knew that was going to be the next sentence. Sorry. Uh, every um, denomination of the SWAF nation seems to have their own category, except for us. New World Discorders, Podswafters, SWAF Dunders. Not us. We're American listeners. All for, I'm all for these different categories. I think they're great. It's one of the few things that makes you guys special. I think I, I might have added a few there. Uh, and still the only reason I subscribe to Patreon. I hope this doesn't come wrong in any way, and I genuinely love the content. I just want to explain why it's so important, respectively, James. Hmm. So I don't know if this is... I would say, tell us you're Canadian. Yeah. Uh, off the bat. Because the reason why the Swaft Under got over is because everyone kept saying, I'm from Australia. I'm from here. I'm from New Zealand. So we started to call them the Swaft Under. So Swaft Under is like you just said, it's Australia and New Zealand. Surely Australia is the United States <laughs> of Swaft Under and New Zealand <laughs> is the Canada. Yeah. But is I, that, am I offending so many people right now? I don't know. Do, do Kiwis get annoyed if you call them Aussies and vice versa? I, th I think they do, but they're just more laid back. I think it does happen in Flight of the Concords yeah. in the first se season of that. So maybe, yeah, maybe they're just really laid back about it. But so is Canada. This is the thing I've always said to James about Canada. I love Canada, and I've all, I always put Canada over as this great place. But I'm just, I'm a bit thick, and I just say th yeah. say, say things wrong. So your 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 advice to James is have a chill pill, man. Well, I would say uh, always tell us if you're from Canada and you're listening, let us know. I was also trying to think of what you could call it mm. because it's always referred to as the Great White North, but I didn't want to call it the Great White Swaft because <clears throat> that could come across as. 
as wrong. We don't want to accidentally create an alt-right movement. That's exactly, yeah, that, that's what I was worried about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just say that. Come up with a name yeah. for Canadian swafters. The great, no. Swaftanadas. The, the swaf, night, swaf, swaf White North. Swaf, I still got white yeah. there. The Great Swaf North. Great the Great Swaf, swaf North. That's too long. Well, yeah, but it says the Great White North, really. Swaft. The sw <laughs> What else is in Canada? Mounties. Lakes. Mounties. The, swa the Swafties. That sounds like an that award sounds, thing. Yeah, that's like the... the the, what's the Dunder Mifflins? The, 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 the Dundies. The Dundies. <laughs> the I was going to say the Mufties. <laughs> uh, yeah, you come back. It's your thing, James. Yeah. Come back to us. Do the work for us. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you, have you seen the Super Bowl Super Bowl Walmart adverts? No. Do you want to get up on your laptop because mine's going to run out of battery? Okay. So I, I just type in Super Bowl Walmart advert. Twenty twenty. They call it a commercial, commercial in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is one day ago. Yeah. Do I click on the Collider link or the Supermarket News link? Oh, let's do Collider. No, Supermarket yeah. News. Let's, let's give them the... the this is plug. like the WrestleTalk News for retail. Okay. Let's scroll down. So I'm, I'm guessing that it's wrestling related. Uh, no, I just thought it was a, as a fun little trailer. My, my, my other podcast co-host, Ash, sent me this this morning. So you had a go at me for doing doing visual stuff on the actual visual part of the show. Yeah, but this is different. We're now into the podcast area <laughs> where podcast listens. Also, you can because there's not a lot of talking, you can narrate through it. Okay, we open viewers. Oh, oh Pete's coming in. Hey, Pete and, and Laurie. Laurie. Hey, guys. Oh, is it a birthday celebration for me this time? <laughs> Happy birthday! Did you actually cut out the chopper? Yes, he did. What? Why? Because it was too long. Oh. oh. What? Because I was like four extra minutes, and Ollie was like, "Make it twenty minutes long." <laughs> I said twenty to thirty. Yeah, and I was oh, like, sorry. "It's done well though." And it's still twenty-five minutes. So, so what we're saying is, it's Ollie's fault. So what we did, folks, is uh, it was Laurie's birthday on Monday yeah. and we surprised him on the NXT show, not because we forgot on Monday, but because that was always the plan because Laurie was hosting an NXT show. Yeah, uh, we were going to do it on Tuesday because I went out and bought the card and the present on Tuesday, but Pete wasn't here and Andy wasn't coming in, so I thought we would delay it. Yeah, I, g I went to the shop and got some vegan... Brownies, because Laurie's got a dietary requirement now. <laughs> and yeah, we did a nice surprise thing for him, and, and we thought that was going to make it into the episode. But no. You said it immediately. You're like, I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> when did you I make... I said you've got to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I'm talking about formats, lads, and you're just going like, yeah, we'll just do a birthday thing. Formats. What's the <laughs> format of the birthday? Um, do, we're just doing the podcast outro. Do you want to come and see... This thing that Luke's making me watch is the Super Bowl Walmart, Walmart commercial. Sorry, commercial for our okay. um, uh, Canadian listeners. I'm going to narrate through it for the audio. So the Enterprise has turned up. Uh, I don't know what ship that is. That's the one from Guardians. There's Slash Gordon. Buzz Lightyear. Oh. Uh, the Men in Black car. So, oh, it's the, the Lego people. So. Loads of okay. people, the Bill and Ted there. Wow, they couldn't get Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but they can get Alex Winter. <laughs> There's Marvin the Martian. So this is loads of people turning up to Walmart 
Presumably because there are no other oh, shops left. <laughs> I, I re-watch Mars Attacks over Christmas. Yeah. I love it. It's fun film. Yeah. So, ha what what uh, company have they done a deal with to get all these all rights? All of them, yeah. Because Men I mean, in like Black's Universal? Uh, yeah. Sony. So you just make a deal with Douglas Adams and you have the rights to all sci-fi. They, they decided to pick... Uh, what's this one Arrival. called? Arrival. Arrival. I thought that might be... <laughs> it was the one that was like, huh. Arrival, eh? I wouldn't say that's that's as iconic as all the other character cameos they've had. As Groot. They've been beamed up. Yeah. What car's that? Is that Blade Runner? Yeah. So free pickup on everything for your journey. And Star Wars. Out of this world convenience. Well, there you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's big. Because they, they did one of those last <laughs> year where it was all different cars. They had like the DeLorean. I think they had Kit. Um, so this year they've gone with a, a space thing. But I, I mean, I marked out for it just because it's, it was Bill and Ted were in there. Well, I think, ah. you know, Bill was in it. <laughs> Sorry, they've gone for a space theme, but they've not changed. Like, if last year it was all cars, and this year it's all spaceships. But they are treating the spaceships as cars, so the concept for the advert is actually <laughs> the exact same. Yeah, they basically just like, let's just do last year's again. Yeah. yeah. Everyone loved but it. Bigger. Let's just do it again. And then we'll do it again next year, but with old timey stuff. Nice. <laughs> Everyone comes in on horses. The I would say that the time traveling phone booth is not space. No, it's it's sci-fi because it's. Mm. It, I suppose yeah, because it is out of this world. <laughs> I guess you are right. Yeah, well, I think that's a. a, a yeah, I think I think you might be. I think you actually might be a little bit right on that one. But uh, it did make me think. I wonder if they're going to do that in the new Bill and Ted movie. That they go back go to, to Walmart, go visit their younger selves mm. with the de-aging technology. When's that out? Uh, this year. We should be getting a trailer soon. Wow, I'm so excited. Sorry, do you I, guys I'll need to honest, record something? I just wanted to do that so I could <laughs> talk about Bill and Ted. Yeah, I mean, why are you both here? Oh, because we've got the new teleprompter. Oh, wow. I imagine Pete's showing Laurie how to do it. This is great audio content yeah. as well. People are just getting us having a meeting. <laughs> well, we should wrap up now. We should uh, wrap up sorry anyway. Sorry for the, the short outro, folks. Yes. Have a good weekend, everyone. Um, we love each and every one of you for listening. Share this around with your friends. Tell them the podcast is good again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take care. I love you. Goodbye. Is that our, our thing? Make that the podcast good. Not great. <laughs> just good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.